the conservatorship of Britney Spears and what we can learn from it. Corey Robinson, columnist for Above the Law, joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got an interesting show for you today. But before we get to that, we've got to thank our sponsor, the wonderful folks over at NBI, the National Business Institute. Attorneys have trusted NBI with their CLE needs for over 35 years. Visit nbi-sems.com today and find out why. And don't forget to use the promo code LegalTalkNBI to get $100 off your next CLE course. Hi, Corey. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. It's uh, it's wonderful having you here. I uh, you know I haven't actually talked with you before. I just learned uh, that you write for Above the Law. I just got to meet you just a few minutes ago in our pregame. But uh, I came across your article. It's a circus. Britney Spears conservatorship updates, and of course that's a playoff for album uh, Circus. And uh, you know the article uh, jumped out at me. Um, I have to say, like maybe it's the COVID nineteen. You know, uh, government. Our, you know, our government's kind of telling us what we can and can't do, and, and some of our uh, destinies out of our own hands, and some. Maybe that just kind of bridged the gap for me. But uh, I got to thinking, you know, it's been a long time since I'd heard some news about uh, Britney Spears' estate being put in the control of her father. And, you know, I thought, you know, she's been doing pretty good. You know, I haven't heard anything. And, you know, I don't want to necessarily make it all about her. I don't want to pile on uh, just because everybody has trouble in their life. But uh, before we get into it, because I think there's something we can learn from this discussion, I want to talk to you about what you do at your practice. You practice in this area of law, but you practice some other areas as well. Thank you. So I have my own law firm. It's called Corey A. Robinson PLLC, and I practice trust and estates and elder law in the states of New York and New Jersey. What that means is I do estate planning for clients, uh, which includes last wills and testaments, powers of attorney, healthcare proxies. I also engage in estate litigation, estate probate and administration when someone passes away. I also devote much of my practice to guardianships, which means I help families get guardians appointed for their loved ones, or I contest them if if a proceeding has been brought and someone wants to contest it. I'm also a court-appointed guardian and a court-appointed, what we call in New York, a court evaluator or attorney for the alleged incapacitated person. So really, uh, I devote a lot of my practice to investigating and representing various parties within the conservatorship or what we call in New York, the guardianship world. Finally, I also deal in elder law. So for families who are applying for Medicaid or other governmental uh, benefits for their loved ones, uh, I help them with that as well. All right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not so familiar with this area of law, so I'm really glad we have you on with your expertise. And so just want to start off because, you know, we didn't cover this a lot when I was in law school and I, you know, I don't know too much about this area. And so, you know, just generally speaking, you know, uh, just kind of simple explanation. What is a conservatorship and uh, what is it designed to actually do? Sure. So a conservatorship is also known in many jurisdictions as a guardianship. And very simply, what that means is an individual is unable to act on his or own behalf, either with regard to her personal needs and or her financial needs. So basically, a court interferes at some point, and what they do is they appoint either a family member, a friend, an organization, or a court-appointed attorney to take care and fill in for that individual when they are unable to do for themselves. And Corey, just just a quick follow up, you know, just uh, before someone loses this autonomy, you know, control over their assets or their estate, what type of things does the court need to see? Sure. So, 
each state obviously has its own set of rules, but what a court really wants to see, and generally what they're looking for, is that someone doesn't have the functional capabilities to watch out for themselves. And so much so that their activities, their actions are going to make them be put in a position that they will be harmed. Okay, so if someone is acting out in a way, whether they know it or not, that is going to affect their livelihood, their health, their living conditions, the court's really going to want to zone in on, are they going to be in harm's way? And if they are, as a result of their own limitations that maybe they do or do not see for themselves, the court is going to really consider a appointing a conservator or a guardian to watch out for them. Okay, so getting back to Britney Spears' conservatorship, you know, one thing that uh, in my research, one thing that really, uh, you know, came out to me was just her resume of work. I mean, this is this is an individual that obviously has a lot of energy. Uh, there's a lot of people that get employed because of her talents and the things that she does. I mean, she's a, a key influencer. I mean, she can sell products. Obviously, she's a performer. Uh, she packs stadiums and and uh, concert venues. And you know, as such, she's got to keep all of these appointments. She can't just keep this running. And so. Just given all of those things, how unusual do you think this type of conservatorship is in your line of work? So conservatorships come in all different shapes and sizes. The easy cases are the ones where someone has an obvious disability, whether it's mental or medical, and they can't they can't do for themselves. The more difficult cases to rule on for courts and for their court appointees are the ones where perhaps the the functional limitations are more subtle. So we look at Britney Spears and we see this tremendous talent and someone who's really likable based on her social media and her press. And we say, hey, how can someone who has all of this money and performs for millions around the world, how can she need a conservator? How, how is that even possible? And while I don't work specifically on Britney's case, I will say that many cases, the functional limitations are very subtle. And so we, as the public, might not know, but in the course of the court investigation and sometimes the hearing or trial, the court will really dig deep to find out, hey, wait a second, why is it that this person might be suffering in various parts of her life? So yes, it is unusual sometimes to see a guardian or a conservator appointed for someone who has such a prolific and successful career. But at the same time, people who really devote themselves to this field of law will give you example after example of cases where very intelligent and successful people, they too need a guardian sometimes because their functional limitations are such that there's a gap. There's something that's not getting done. Yeah, and no, kind of getting back to uh, Britney Spears' resume, you know, I I, I did the research, and, and in 2008 is when this conservatorship kicked in. Now, it's been quite some time, you know, 12 years have gone by, you know, and since that time, she's made many TV appearances. She's had contracts to be on TV, uh, you know, on series, and uh, she's made many hit albums. She's uh, won video awards. She's uh, set records for winning awards, even had a bunch of, you know, apparel lines, perfume lines, worked on a lot of collaborative projects. And so, you know, just externally speaking, kind of getting to your point, I mean, she looks like she's got everything, you know, put together. And, uh, you know, even if everybody's assisting her to do that, she still has to show up. She still has to be part of it. She still has to perform. And so, you know, fast forward 12 years later, and she seems to be doing a lot better. It seems, 
you know, that she's got this together. So what kind of things, because I, I read I read in the uh, the media accounts that she definitely wants to take back her autonomy. What types of things does she need to show to the court in order to get that back? Right. So your question really hits the nail on the head. And the question, not to get too philosophical, right. the question is, is, is she doing so well because the guardianship is working well, right? Ah. Did the conservators give her the tools and give her the structure that she needed to make her become so successful? Now, again, I don't work specifically on this case, but that's something that the guardian would argue. Like, yes, we we got her going. Look how successful she is. Look how healthy she is. Look how great she looks. Look how much she's providing. On the other hand, it's, well, maybe she got herself together and we should try to let her swim on her own a little bit and see if she can carry carry this forward. If she wants to stop a conservatorship, what she can do is she can bring a motion to terminate it, an application to terminate it. And she's going to have to show the court um, and whatever their standard is, she's going to have to show them that she has gotten her uh, act together and that all of these successes are due to the fact that she has overcome whatever limitations she previously suffered from. Now, uh, we don't know specifically what these limitations or if there are any diagnoses, what they were. Um, It is possible in some conservatorships, someone suffers from a temporary disability, right? Maybe you have a temporary disability that left you impaired for a specific amount of time, and then you get better and you can get rid of your guardianship. Sometimes it's something that's going to last with you forever. So if she wants to go to court to make this application, she's going to have to show them that whatever the court had determined was what was making her in need of a guardian, she has overcome that. But just mere success, I don't think is going to rise to the level of terminating her guardianship. Okay, that totally understood. Um, here's a quick follow-up on that. Is is there almost kind of a built-in presumption that once the conservatorship takes place, that that's the thing that's making everything better? Is the court reluctant to remove those despite you know an individual having a lot of success? I think... To in order to have a conservator appointed in most jurisdictions and certainly in the state of New York, uh, you need to show clear and convincing evidence. So it is a very high standard of proof for someone to uh, get a guardian. This is not something that the courts take lightly. Um, I am privileged to work with many excellent guardianship judges in New York State, either as the court evaluator or the attorney for the alleged incapacitated. And these judges take the idea of giving someone a guardian very seriously. So in the case of Brittany, uh, there was a hearing that was done. There are annual accountings that are done. In order to have a guardian removed, I would have to assume that the judge is going to really look for specific and good evidence to have that terminated. And they're also going to ask Brittany, you know, how are you feeling in terms of whom do you want to serve as your guardian? I know there were recently papers filed where she made it known that she would prefer for her father not to be the personal guardian. And perhaps if he was just going to be the financial guardian that he served together with someone else, courts take it very seriously because as you've alluded to, you're taking away someone's autonomy, someone's civil liberties. And generally what guardianship and conservatorship courts look to is they look to make the guardianship as tailored as possible. And what that means is if they're able to give specific powers to the individual to keep, 
right? They will allow that individual to do that. So maybe they don't take all powers away, but they'll say, hey, you know, with regard to your banking, you have to use the property guardian, but we'll let you do X, Y, and Z on your own. And in really good guardianship jurisdictions, what they'll do is they will tailor the guardianship so that the individual can preserve some of her autonomy. And I would hope that if Brittany is doing so well, and that is not to discredit the guardians or discredit her, I mean, she, she, she's doing great as far as I can see with regard to her success, although there are still concerns. Uh, I think that what would behoove the court, and I'm certain that the court will do a great job with this, is that perhaps they want to tailor it so that she does have a bit more of autonomy also appointing the right guardian for the right person will also do wonders because a good guardian will work together with their ward so as not to make them feel embarrassed or make them feel helpless. Uh, And in cases where you have people who are highly functioning, who are working, but may have issues, that's really important. Uh, And I would hope that in the case of someone like Britney Spears, who is so talented, that her guardians work together with her so that she can have input in what she wants and how she does what with her career. All right, just real quick, we have a minute left or less. I just want to get two last questions out. And so uh, when I initially read your article, I ran across what her dad as the uh, conservator by commissions was making in 2019, 128000 And then I looked at uh, the advisors and attorneys uh, fees that were uh, charged against the the estate uh, in 2019. It was $1.2 million. At first blush, I thought that was a lot of money. But then I thought, wait a minute, this is a $50 million enterprise. And so you right. know, some of this has got to be commensurate with... Um, you know, with the effort that goes into it, but also the severity of task. And so when it comes to these types of conservatorships, you know, how are the fees determined and who are they reported to? Great. So fees for guardianships are determined usually by statute, unless there is another uh, situation, another formula that is done by the court. Before any guardian, at least in New York State, takes commissions, they have to report their annual report to the court and to someone called a court examiner. And every penny that one who is a property guardian spends on their ward, the court examiner and the court are going to look at. And they ask questions. So if you notice some of the documents filed with Brittany, they show, you know, she goes to Target, she goes to Starbucks. Her guardian has to account for every penny before Uh, any commissions are taken, the court is going to give the stamp of approval. So this is not like, you know, someone has, you know, an extra ATM card. Uh, This is something that that goes with court approval. And I have to say, when you have a a famous person or a well-known person who is under guardianship, the scrutiny is even more. Uh, and, And this court and her guardians, as you know, with the free Britney movement have really been under great public uh, and legal scrutiny before taking any kind of commissions or reimbursements, the court or however it's done in the local jurisdiction are going to review the report and they're going to say, this is what you're allotted. Well, I understand there's an upcoming court date to figure out whether or not this conservatorship is going to continue. So if you're a betting person, Corey, what do you think? Do you think think the court's going to free Britney? I do not. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, well, I'll tell you, I do not. I think that the court has taken a lot of time on this case. I think the court has taken a lot of time reviewing the matter, 
supervising the conservators. And even the fact, and I have not read the papers, but I know that she did file papers with regard to who her preference was, with regard to her care manager. I think it's uh, a woman named Jody Montgomery. Uh, I think I think that there's a way to keep this going and just tweak it to make Brittany a little bit more happy. So if Brittany would prefer to have someone else serve as guardian, I think that's fine. Uh, I think we should do everything to make her feel comfortable and happy with the arrangement. But if I had to uh, put down my odds, uh, I would say it's going to continue. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Corey. And thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, we'll cite and make available our sources for this episode on our website, LegalTalkNetwork.com. And one more time, thank you to our wonderful sponsor for making this program possible, NBI, the National Business Institute. You can find them at NBI-SEMS.com. Don't forget the promo code LegalTalkNBI to receive $100 off your next CLE. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 